I'm Nikia Cheney. And I'm Cassidy Parong. And I'm Raina Shalise. And you're listening to Amplify, where we provide space to amplify the voices of students who have not been historically heard at Cabrillo. That would include Black, Chicano, Chicana, Latino, Latina, Indigenous, Asian, and any other group of students who feel marginalized on our campus. This podcast series was made possible by support from the Faculty Grants for Student Success, FGSS, and the Associated Students of Cabrillo College Grants, ASCC. If you want to join in this conversation or support our programs, please reach out. We'd love to hear your voice. So we are joined today by Angie Morales. Hi there, Angie. Hey, hey, how's it going? (laughs) (laughs) So good. And so today in our session, we were really excited to talk about Communication 12, um, 12 Intercultural Communication, which is a class that I teach in the Communication Studies Department. And Angie is one of my brilliant, outstanding students. And so I invited her here to share one of her assignments that she put so much effort into today. Oh, shit. You're making me blush. Be proud of being a good student, Angie. Be absolutely proud. I'm ecstatic. <laughs> so can you tell can you tell us a little bit about the assignment um first, Rena? Like what is the assignment that you guys will be talking about? What is the assignment you do? Absolutely, yeah. So the assignment that I invited my students to collectively explore is called Stereotypes We Consume. And so basically we're looking at how particular communities of people are portrayed by the media and why that matters. Mm-hmm. So um, Angie did a really uh, thoughtful effort to talk about why it matters when these particular communities are treated a particular way. So I don't want to give it away, but basically that was the gist of it all, was to talk about why stereotypes matter. All right, so would you want me to go ahead and choose it? Well, you already introduced it, but say like what I did. So basically, it was talking about, I wanted to focus on the music industry. I don't really know much about it. You know, I don't do music. Uh, it's not really my, what I want to do in life. But I'm a fan of music. I don't know about you both and anybody, but it's a very popular thing. So nowadays, it's just really looking at how it's very prominent in like culture, like everybody's culture nowadays, especially uh hip hop and rap, you know, thanks to black people. So I mean, just really seeing how it's portrayed nowadays. Like it's for women, this is what I wanted to focus on. It was on women being hypersexualized within an industry that yeah, give them credit and like this platform to be able to promote themselves and be big artists, right? But at the same time, it's also what message is that sending? You know, I mean, maybe if we get further to the session, I could further articulate. Like right now, you know, I'm having, I'm having a brain fart, you know, Absolutely. but <laughs> that's totally okay. <laughs> that's fine. That's fine. So, okay. So this was the music industry. First, you talked about the music industry, right? Um, and, and this concern that you have about the music industry, what, you know, like, 
what would what what would you notice? Like, what is something that you noticed um, that you really felt compelled to talk about? Something that I noticed, well, it was like, well, even Latinas too, because I mean, it's like like the Latin pop is like a, you know, it's further becoming more prominent. So it's just seeing how like black women and you know the Latinas that are like really hypersexualized and really talking about you know that that part of like the woman that's let's call it a flower right uh, the WAP mm-hmm. yeah yeah the WAP so I mean I feel like it, it really made me want to like talk about it just because mm-hmm. it was uh the whole thing with like Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion I yep. know it's probably annoying for people because it's been like constantly brought up and it's been like this focal point on like female empowerment and what I said in the the assignment it was like on one side it's seen as like this good thing like yes women can be sexual and like men have been in the music industry because men in the music industry have been talking about like doing this and that to women and them looking a certain type of way which is like the like the standard on women to be women thick and to look a certain type of way right mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. so that's it's seen as a so positive like, aspect yeah so it seems as like a positive thing for women to express themselves in that way where they've been like shut out yeah. and then I also understand like the other part where it's not so positive because there's other aspects mm-hmm. that women possess where it doesn't necessarily focus on the physical part, right? So the sexual, having some good walk, having some walk, I don't know, just being yeah. sexual, you know? So Yeah, where basically their mm-hmm. their experience is reduced to only that. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Only reason they yeah. have value. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like a like a double edged sword. It's like on one hand, you wanna see women of color, black women empowered, right? And Latina women empowered. And you wanna see that. And then on the other hand, that empowerment has to come through sexuality. Right? Yeah. And it's 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 reducing themselves an object of sexuality so that's complex that's very complex yeah <laughs> you know so like so this is what you wrote about in your assignment this is this is kind of what you focused on uh yeah but i also wanted to include like not really uh putting down the guys either because i see how mm. nowadays it's usually like it, it's kind of one-sided nowadays so i wanted to just be just seeing both sides because yeah, this it can make empowerment and make disempower women, but at the same time, when you look at males, it's it can disempower them too because it, well, basically, hold on, I have I'm having another brain fart. I'm so sorry. But oh, thank you. <laughs> so it basically, like disempowers men because maybe this is what they should see a woman like female as they should have these certain qualities for them to boost their ego and the same with like women and like music not all of them of course but the ones that are like popularized and like really like most known 
it's okay, the same standards that men have in their music towards women, women have the same towards men is what I'm basically trying to say. So yeah. the males have they have to have money, they have to buy what, like the girl birthday bag, which is like a popular thing that was going around. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they have to I mean, body standards are there too, you know. They, guys that are usually wanted by women, they're not necessarily the big guys. And they usually are not the ones that have, are, are driving around in a hoopty, right? Because those things are associated with um, not having enough to care for a woman right. or even care for themselves. It's going like a little bit off topic topic about the female. I I think what you're getting at, Angie, is this idea of men being objectified too, right? Just in the sense of them having to have money, right? Like, you know, them having to present themselves in a certain way in order to be like, you know, valid, like a valid candidate for a woman, right? So yeah. all of these are stereotypes, all of these are stereotypes, right? Right? Yeah. I mean, and it, it makes it difficult to really try to figure out, like, what is a relationship in the face of this stuff, right? It's not just mm-hmm. sex and money and power. What is what is what is it that we're really trying to say about the relationships between men and women? Yeah. I hope I got you right. <laughs> no, that's right. yes. Yep, there it is. There it is. And also, Angie, I just really appreciate how you're pointing out that this limits not only black women but also men. You know, this limits the experience of people of color. Yeah. To reduce them to these stereotypes and say, in order to be valuable, in order to be seen and worthy, you have to be this way or look this way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have this really interesting relationship with that WAP, right? Because I feel the yeah. same way you feel about how you know, it's complex, right? Mm-hmm. There actually is something that feels good about Cardi B being able to say what she wants when she wants it from a man, right? Yeah. Right? I mean, that's, that's at the heart of the lyrics, right? Like, I, yeah. I, I, I want this. This is who I am, and I'm putting it out there. The same with uh, Megan Thee Stallion. Yeah. And you're like, that, that empowerment, that's, why can't a woman do that? Oh, yeah, for why sure. You know? I don't know. I don't know. But then at the same time, it's just, it's over the top, right? It's it's now all I see when I when I think of Cardi B or, or Megan Thee Stallion, you see this hyper sexualized image too. Yeah, that's that's really. I mean, I would want to say it's like unfortunate, but you do like that's exactly what I mean. I was thinking too. Like I completely agree with you with that because when I first heard Wob, I was like, oh oh but oh my goodness gracious, like what is this? I was like, <laughs> yes. Like, mm-hmm. there's, like, that part of me, like, before I actually, like, try to internalize, like, really, like, just in general, like, life and music that you listen to, 
I was like, yes, like female empowerment, like yes, because because why can't a woman talk about this, right? You never really hear mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess like vulgarness, it's that's the right word yes. to come from a woman's mouth, let alone a woman like women mm-hmm. of color. So, and and men, you know, male rap songs, you know, they go they go they do the exact same thing. They're saying the exact same thing. You know what I mean? Like, like, like from the male perspective, he's mm-hmm. talking about his proudness, right? He's talking about his body parts. He's mm-hmm. talking about what he wants to do to a woman and all that. It's very hypersexualized, right? Right? Yeah. Male rap song, right? And, and I don't even have to name a few. What's that? Um, uh, yeah, I don't even have to, <laughs> you know, like we, we know this. We've seen this, yeah. right? So it's nice. It's wonderful that Cardi B is flipping this on his head. And yeah. she's saying that I'm going to do the exact same thing that a man is doing. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, but it's also at the same time, it's like, and it could be because of the history of a lot of so the history, especially of black women and women of color and how they've been treated in society and turned into these sexual objects, right? There's this long oh, history yeah. here, and you want to get away from that, right? Mm-hmm. So what are some suggestions? What what are some things that you would like to see? Or what are some things that we could do for this issue? What do you think? Or what are some things you wrote about in the statement? Well, I mean, honestly, the music thing, that's always going to be there, right? Yeah. And mm. I heard my little sister, she was, she was like reciting the clean version of the lyrics to WAP. And I was like, wait, um, hold up. I was like, what? I was like, what? And then I heard her uh, singing like the Saweetie. It was like a Saweetie song. Uh, and I was like, what? I was like, I was like, wait, hold on. And so when she went to school, she had her phone like at home. And so I'm scrolling through her Spotify and I see WAP on there. I see like all these things. I'm like, what the heck? I was like, dang. So, I mean, I feel like suggestions because like I said, it's always going to be there. We can't really control what uh artists, like what type of music the artists put out there, right? And so I feel like suggestions would be like parental control, YouTube. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a big influence in kids' life because you got to start young. You know, maybe anything the adults can take in that, you know, whatever music they're listening to and understand understand it but as a kid listening to it it's becoming normalized at a young age so imagine like as an adult being surprised hearing the type of music like that and in comparison to a kid listening to that yes yeah so i mean and these people there like these artists they're not responsible for these kids out here they're really not so i feel like it's up to the adults to be aware of the fact like okay, how much is too much expression, too much freedom to be able to listen to these things, follow these things? I don't know. Yeah. 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 I love what you're saying about the awareness. You know, I think it's important to have conversations about these kinds of things, especially, you know, like with you were saying it was your little sister, right? Listening to this, reciting this, right? And I think the more we can communicate about what this all means, probably the better, like in our classroom space even. 
Yeah. About stereotypes, taking the opportunity to really explore why it matters. I think it's good to have just the everyday communication. Mm-hmm. Well, you've been listening to Amplify, um, a Cabrillo podcast for student voices, black voices, and social justice. Yeah, I like that. I like that idea, Rena, of like, you know, are we talking about and explaining to these kids what this stuff is? Because it's being consumed. Yeah. You know, rap music sells. You know, uh, didn't Cardi B and, and Meg Thee Stallion, they perform at, um, which one? The VMA Awards or the, <laughs> the Grammys, though? The Grammys? Was it the Grammys? I'm pretty sure and it was the Grammys. Yeah. Yeah. And so, <laughs> you know, I mean, I mean, think about that. Think about what they, that says about the popularity of it. Yet mm-hmm. we have difficulty breaking down those complexities and we have difficulty talking about what they mean about our society, right? And so if we're condoning this from the male side, but we're not condoning this from the female side, what does that say about what we're doing? And what about all this history that's going on there as well, too? So I, I, I think it's important to talk about. I love that we're talking about it because, you know, we can just react on it, right? Yeah, right. But do they, do they help? Do they do anything? No, we need to actually have that information break this stuff down and learn some of these histories. For sure. I mean, that is, yeah, that's powerful right there. Yeah. Yeah. And that brings me to this question, Angie. What was it like for you in our class to talk about things like microaggressions and anti-racism and all things? I'm curious what your experience was like to talk about those things within, you know, an academic environment. So, I mean, for me, even going talking about like the whole stereotypes or anything like that my thing was it's a lot of repetitive information that is because I've taken sociology classes you know past semesters and I was like it's just repeated information right so like tell me something I don't know you know so mm. not saying I know everything I don't but it's like same thing like stereotypes like Mexicans aren't all gardeners or you know, black people aren't all this, or Asian people aren't all this. Like, I know that. Like, you can't yeah. generalize people based off of, like, one person that acted a certain way, right? Mm-hmm. And so, I was like, ah, like, what more is there to talk about? And when it came to the discussions, like, talking about your own experience towards something, it, it's all really pointed towards race. It's the, like, the stereotypes is, they don't really include, like, thing between, uh, or that stereotypes of females and males, it's always just like, oh, my experience as a brown person, my experience as, you, you know, it's always like racially, well, it's like focused on race, right? So I wanted to, I don't know, it like going into the class and into the assignments, I was like, I don't know, like, can we just have like a, a conversation where it's like, yeah, well, people, you know, sure. I, I, I look at you not saying like, oh, I don't see color type of thing. No, it's just saying like, yeah, acknowledge your, your this or, you know, whatever you say to me. And I respect that wholeheartedly. It's just see you as a person, right? So, you know, and maybe as a person with everything that you bring to the table, right? 
Because, you know, maybe, like, if you learn about these concepts just on that, like, it doesn't have a connection to you, you know? It doesn't, it doesn't hit. It doesn't hit, right? Yeah. It's the same thing that we've heard. Everybody can say that, right? You know, black, don't, don't have, you know, these, these racist thoughts and don't stereotype people of other races and don't think of, like you said, Mexicans as gardeners and, you know, and, and black people as criminals and whatnot. Like everybody, we get that, right? But it has to go beyond that. It has to go beyond just having that stereotype. It has to go into these deeper ideas about who yeah. and what we are and what our culture is doing. Yeah, like where they come from. Like you were talking about like history, right? During the history. So mm-hmm. during the history, where these things come from, it only goes like so knee deep. You know, it's always like subsurface stuff about like when we talk about stereotypes, it's always about appearance, right? But mm-hmm. we never really go into the history where they came from. Yeah. Yeah. Well, for black women, for women of color, that sexualization, that stereotype of sexualization, you know, that came directly from slavery, right? Mm -hmm. And it came out of this idea that we're going to justify the sexual subjugation of a group of women by flipping it and saying that they then are over-sexual and Mm -hmm. they then are going after us. You know, I mean, it's a part of like some of the ideas we have of rape culture. It's victim blaming. So you have these women who are in these horrible situations, right? Because that's what slavery is. You're, you do not own your body. You're owned by someone else. They can do with you what they want to. So this is a horrible situation for a woman to be in. In order to justify that, they begin to have all these different stereotypes about how black women, about how uh, Latin women, Asian women, um, Latinx, how they are over-sexualized and how they really want this. And I think that Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion, as much as it's nice to see what they're doing and putting forward, I want to see them talking about that history too. Well, that's something, you know, I don't know if that's something you'd want to see, but I think that's kind of what we're getting at. No, yeah. Yeah, so not only exploring, you know, what the stereotype is, why it matters, but also where did it come from? Mm-hmm. That, that's an excellent point. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think it was, um, I had, like, my first semester, like, at Cabrillo, I had uh, Dr. Amosufe as my English teacher. And she was uh talking about, or we either, no, she was talking about, I was confusing, like, if we read it in the textbook, but she was talking about, like, that sexualization of black women. And I was like, oh, crap, like, dang, like, high school history, did they really teach us all of that stuff? So, <laughs> so I was like, whoa, like, she was talking about it. And then I was like, what the heck? She's talking about how. Like the the slave masters, they they see women, like black women as just a, a sexual creatures. That was the word, sexual creatures, to just be there for them to have sex with, and they they'd rape them and they uh bear their children, which they were um like by the caste system called like mulatos, and then uh these children they they'd be ripped away from the mothers and sold into slavery and. I was like, what the heck? Like, that's crazy. And then 
just seeing them as objects, like that whole thing. Um, yeah, just seeing them as objects, basically. I had learned in my sociology class by doing some reading. When they first came off of the slave ship or something like that, black women, they're bare-chested or something like that. African women, sorry. And they were, like, branded as soon as they got off. It was, like, a, a mark saying that they were owned. So it was, like, going back to what you said, Nakia, which is they don't own their bodies. They're owned by somebody else. Like, that's the stuff we can talk about. It's the history, you know. So, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. And the sad thing is, because these histories aren't seen or aren't known, you have these individuals, these rappers and these musicians and these people who make videos, you have them presenting their ideas completely divorced from them. You know, now there's some of them who don't. There's some of them, you know, like Kendrick Lamar or whatnot, who are really doing some really interesting and fascinating things with kind of what he says and how he's talking back to it. But then you have some of them who are really at the surface level of a lot of this stuff. Um, and it's, it's, it's complicated. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's complicated and it's complex and, and it's okay to both like and not like that WAP yeah. song, right? That's okay. Oh, yes. <laughs> you know, like, I don't know. Like, I feel like being able to see deeper into the issues and being able to like really dive in, it just makes it that much more richer when we are looking at some of the music and some of the culture, the cultural artifacts, right? Like music that we have That's today. Right. That's right. And being of two minds about something is good. It's okay. Because, you mm-hmm. know, the more we're critically interrogating this text or this artifact or this stereotype, the more we start to see that there's so much there to learn from. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Really coming back to this idea of two minds of something. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, what is power? No, I learned. I love that. <laughs> I'm sorry, but what did I learn? Yeah. Uh, well, like in Com 12, I mean, I learned that I need to be more open minded. <laughs> I need to be able to <laughs> actually, like, have conversations. I mean, I don't really talk to people. I'm gonna be honest. I don't really talk to people, you know. But I mean, just so let alone like have these conversations. That's why I was like open to the fact of coming on here. And you know, thank you, Raina. Like I really do appreciate it. Oh gosh, you know, honestly, and, being able to have this conversation with you is so important to me. You know, and it's important for us to have ongoing dialogue because the more we can yeah. learn with each other, the more we can learn in general. Yeah, right. And yeah, thank you, Nikia, too. So Oh no. I'm I'm I thank you. Like I said, you you got me thinking about that W A C song now. I'm gonna go play <laughs> <laughs> and actually listen to some of those lyrics and and, yeah. and you know, I mean I've I've listened before and I, I felt the exact same way you did. Like what the but, you know, at the same time, like, it's nice to, like Raina was saying, to be of two minds about it. So I'm, I'm really appreciative that you were willing to talk about these. You know, you're a student, you're learning all this new stuff, and it's hitting you. And we're educators and teachers, and to be able to see you walk through that process, that's a joy. 
That is an absolute joy. Yeah. You're gonna make me cry right now. It's a joy and an honor, and I just really want to recognize your courage, Angie, to talk about this because it's not easy to push against the status quo. It's not easy to say, wait a minute, there's more here than what we're actually talking about. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's stuff, I mean, it goes on in, in people's lives, like whether it's professional or not, it's there, right? So just ignoring it. We're not really addressing or using our critical thinking skills to really discover something, right? Or let alone know the history. But yeah. but yeah. And this is just the beginning, Andy. This is just the beginning, you know? Like, go out there and take these classes. Take, mm-hmm. like, a Black History course. Take a, I'm so cool. I just worked with Dr. Omosope. Um, but, you know... Think about like all these other different histories and Native American, Chicano history, like all of these different things that that will kind of tell you the truth about what's yeah. at the heart of our society. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we need more scholars like you, Angie. We need you in the conversation. Yeah, sometimes my brain just hurts and I'm like, oh, I'll talk about it later, you know. <laughs> yeah, and that's real too. We need to rest because when you are, you know, a recipient of microaggressions, when you are so steeped in the stereotype conversation for so long because you receive stereotypes like that, you know, it's important to rest because we have to sustain ourselves. Otherwise, we can't keep fighting. Yeah, for sure. Shoot. And I don't want to lose what you said. You said you 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 have an open mind now. I don't want to lose. Oh, that. from what I learned, yes, yeah, be more open. I mean, initially I was, I mean, that was my goal to strive for be more open. And I already thought I was like taking steps to be more open, but then with the discussion, it made me really. I had these like preconceptions about them like oh like the stereotypes microaggressions I was like oh we're all just people you know like <laughs> tell me something like these teachers like having already like put in their course so I was like ah you know but what I learned is okay maybe I'm not really being that open-minded like I need to put these preconceptions to the side and really just learn something like force myself to read it force myself to actually try in the assignment not just like half do it right right so just being more open because being more open you access to your like this is what i've learned and what i'm still learning like this is what i always want to learn which is allowing yourself to speak about things to listen to things because that's where you get the most knowledge I feel that you can take with you like that has longevity right absolutely so I mean that's what I learned thinking that I was like already being open-minded but I really wasn't (laughs) so (laughs) so really just try to discipline myself like okay just shush just listen like no listen like don't just hear the sounds that are coming out of their mouths or what you see type like through text or whatever like Listen, try to internalize whatever, you know, so-and-so is saying because you're probably missing something. Absolutely. 
And I just really want to thank you for coming, Angie. Uh, you know, oh, it, it's you. one student at a time. <laughs> you never get to get <laughs> one student at a time. But, you know, if this stuff is doing something and changing how you look at the world, then I feel like, you know, this is this is what we're trying to do. Thank you for tuning in to Amplify, a podcast series for historically unheard Cabrillo students. You can join us by emailing Raina Chalice at R-A-C-H-E-L-I-S at cabrillo.edu or me, Nikia Cheney at N-I-C-H-A-N-E-Y at cabrillo.edu or even texting 951-254-3651 or visiting our website at podcastforcabrillo.wordpress.com. And amplify your own voice too.